This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Creative QT, empowering parents and encouraging a culture of families to make time together. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 154 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This one is called Avoiding Spiritual Abuse. Mm -hmm. And we've touched on spiritual abuse before, but this is different. This is a heavier episode. Mm. It's a longer episode, but one that is really going to rivet with our listeners because we really take off the gloves Mm. and get into the topic of spiritual abuse. We talk about ministries that have affected homeschooling families, We talk about leaders who have abused homeschooling families. We are willing to take the gloves off and go out swinging. Did you hear what I just said there? Mm. Go out swinging? Yes, Fletch. It's time for the big announcement, folks. This is our final Homeschooling in Real Life podcast where we have regular guests on. We're going to have one more show. So did that that sting a little bit? I don't know. I know. I'm sorry, but we are on the next to the last episode. Yeah. You know what that is, Kendra, don't you? Oh, yes. That's the uh, <laughs> music to Seinfeld. Yeah, we, we have decided. We, we've been holding off on this, but we've decided we're going to wrap up the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. That's the, the sound from uh, Seinfeld because one of the things uh, – that Seinfeld did is he wrapped up before the show exploded. It was people said, "Oh, you're at the top of the game. You were, you know, it's the the busiest it's ever been." And that that is kind of the deal with us. But we wanted to go we out. Basically, want to go out, out before we tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before we burned out. So this isn't the final show. This is our final show with a guest. Final time we're really going to sit and kind of talk about a topic because we're going to have a goodbye episode next week. Um, and we want you to come back for it. It's going to be a huge one. That's going to be a big one. But this one, I said we were going out huge. When we were wrapping up our season and deciding what we were going to do prior to summer, we had our shows all, you know, kind of linked out. We knew what we were going to do. And then I started going down this topic of spiritual abuse Mm -hmm. in the homeschooling world. And Mm -hmm. I felt like it's the one topic we should leave our listeners with. Well, Fletch, we're seeing this in our personal lives right now played out played out and so um (laughs) this isn't something that's across the country this isn't something in just certain pockets of homeschooling in little areas this is epidemic yes and it's a different type of epidemic than it once was Mm -hmm. because at first you know even on this interview we joke about clothing and the you know the what is it the uh, jumpers the denim jumpers okay right 
That joke is so old. Right. But, you know, and oh, you know, homeschoolers don't socialize. If I hear any of these stupid jokes I again. Know. But but the point is, this is going on, and we really wanted to talk about it. So um, it's a longer episode. We really dove in to this topic. And, um, again, we wanted to go out huge, so we wanted to go down swinging. We wanted mm. to talk about real ministries, real people that are really hurting homeschoolers. Yes. And where homeschoolers are just grabbing onto that hook, hook, line, and sinker, and really thinking, homeschooling is going to save my kids. This behavior is going to make perfect kids. Mm. And that is, in fact, not what we're seeing at all, ever. And let the warning be from our own story, which I wrote about in Lost and Found, that talks about the fact that the Siamese twins for us were fear and pride. Yeah. The fear that our kids wouldn't grow up to serve the Lord, the fear that they might go off into the world the and do all the stupid us. things. That, yeah, yeah, the that fear they that they might us. not believe the way yeah. we do. And then the pride that said, we're doing this all the right way so that we are going to get those kids who are going right. to do those things. So that is epidemic. Fear and pride are a sin that just continues to ravage humanity. Yeah, so if you think that, hey, you guys really didn't give us any fun fluff today, a huge heavy announcement. We're wrapping it up, but um, we're coming back next week with like, if you like fluff, next week is your episode. We're going to have a fluff as we say goodbye. Now, Fletch, is that the big announcement? That's not the biggest announcement. announcement. So next week, the big announcement comes out. And let me just say, because I'm not a girl who can handle surprises very well or, you know, get kind of knocked off the the road for a while. It's really good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Coming. You'll like it. So we're going to go into this interview now. We interviewed Julianne Smith from Spiritual Sounding Board. We talk about uh, spiritual abuse in general. We talk about spiritual abuse within the homeschooling world. Um, hang in there. Let's uh, go to that interview right now. Super excited to be behind the scenes uh, with one of the founders of Creative QT. Uh, I have Adam Hinkle on the phone. Adam, can you tell me a little bit about your company and why you guys started it? Yeah. So we started in late 2015, pretty much the end of 2015 is when we uh, kicked it off. And we kind of backed into this one, but it actually worked out really well that um, we were filling our own pain points. We were kind of dealing with kid clutter. So we kind of came up with the three rules for how we uh, develop products. Uh, and in general, if we're gonna develop a product, it's gotta solve one of three problems, and they're all centered around time. Uh, it's either gotta help parents and kids spend less time cleaning up or have creative ways to clean up, uh, help help resolve the clutter issue. Uh, number two, we're, we're trying to get parents and kids a little more involved um, so that parents are kind of engaging the kids, and that's where we get into kind of DIY projects, uh, things that parents can do with the kids or, or make for their kids. Uh, and three, um, just in general, we want the time kids spend playing to uh, be enriching time. So we're looking for how can we encourage creative play, imagination-based play. Uh, so those are the three things we decided we were gonna focus on. How can we help families in general use their time better? Folks, I love to do these behind the scenes interviews because you get to meet the people behind the product. Uh, I was getting ready to ask Adam if he was a true uh, dad and family man. And while we're doing this interview, um, can you explain what's sitting on your lap, Adam? <laughs> yep, I've got our, our, our fourth kid, fourth out of five. Um, she wanders into my little home office uh, and I've got, oh, here comes mom. <laughs> mom mom's rescuing the interview. <laughs> 
<laughs> Folks, when we talk about these products, and you know how much uh, Kendra and I love uh, the Creative QT line, real family, real people making real solutions uh, to what we are doing as families. So, Adam, thanks for taking the time just to give us a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Creative QT, once again, just knocking it out of the park with products that your typical family will love. Go to creativeqt.net. That's creativeqt.net. Use our code IRL10 and you'll get 10% off any order. All right, folks, uh, we have a super special interview for you. Um, We've said this already on the show leading into this. Uh, We were ready to wrap up homeschooling in real life. (laughs) And I was jumping around the web and I went down a rabbit hole and suddenly I ended up on spiritual sounding board and found our guest, uh, Julianne Smith. And I just realized we needed one more show of the homeschooling in real life podcast so we could talk just about spiritual abuse and abuse in the camp and things like that. So Julianne, we want to welcome you to the homeschooling in real life podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I, um, I, I guess I'm in that rabbit hole, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you found you found me down there. Yeah. Um, I, I do have some connections with homeschooling, so yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family or your homeschooling involvement. Well, I, um, I, my, I have seven children. My eldest is 30. Uh, my youngest is 11. Uh, my older two were homeschooled all the way through high school and then uh, went through went through college. And then uh, gradually, we've settled on putting them in public school uh, at the high school age. And that originally started happening so they could participate in sports or choral programs. And then um, I kind of got burned out at the end. And um, we live in a a place where the school system is really good and I'm tired <laughs> and I, I am. Amen, uh, and sister. I hear you. So I, I put my, all of them in school and actually I'm going back to school as well. So, um, I was always taught that the public school is, you know, Satan's playground and it took a long time for me. In fact, the day that I saw my little guy go on that yellow school bus, I came in and went on my Facebook and saw a friend saying that once you allow your child to go in the public school, um, you can kiss all your rights goodbye. And it was like, (laughs) oh, my word, what did I just do? (laughs) But um, my little guy is progressing really, really well. And I'm so happy with what they've provided. And and the teachers and I are um, just working together with him. And it's great. But my so my homeschooling, you know, it was first 100%. And then towards the end, um, it, it started diminishing. So Well, we just did an episode called When Homeschoolers Judge, and this episode was about um, parents who decide to put their kids uh, in any environment, you know, private school, public school, charter school, and how homeschool, you know, you know what a, a homeschooler's favorite thing is to eat, right? Other homeschoolers. So, uh, you know, we, Ouch. <clears throat> we talk about, you know, how that, and boy, the response we've got from people, they just write back and say, thank you so much. I am that judger. And you guys reminded me that, you know, <laughs> there's freedom in parenting, there's freedom in decisions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, I I found you on your website, Spiritual Sounding Board. Tell us a little bit about um, why you started that and what it is. 
Well, um, about five years, over five years ago, I was sued by my pastor. I, remember that verse that says, don't sue people? Yeah, my pastor <laughs> sued me. Um, we, I was in a, I now call a cult, but I was in a church that was abusive. And I left a Google review because I had noticed, I, I think the thing that spoke out to me the most was I was watching young adults um, go out of that church and um, walking away from their faith and abandoning everything that their parents had taught them and getting involved um, in sexual ways that were far and above um, beyond what normal kids go through as they're growing up. I mean, I know kids go through a testing phase and they, you know, dabble in this and dabble in that, but no, they were going hardcore into sexual immorality. And I just noticed, why is this, there's such a high percentage of these young adults doing this. Why are they leaving their faith? And I wanted to warn people. So I left a, a negative Google review. Um, he found others who had left uh, negative things online and he sued us all for $500,000. The, yeah. Um, so the lawsuit, uh, became, um, very viral. It, it went around the world and, uh, brought a, a ton of people to the blog. Um, people were, um, you know, constantly sending me emails and saying, you know, you go girl, but also a lot of atheists were saying, boy, I appreciate what you're doing. I was harmed in the church. Um, so I realized that there was, oh, you know, just a, a group of people out there that, um, you know, are kind of like in a place where they just don't know where to go. They're stuck um, because they were harmed in church. Some of them now say that they're atheists, but some are just kind of taking a back seat and not doing anything um, because they were harmed. And like I said, they're just stuck in, in, and they don't quite know what to do, but yet they're willing to reach out to me, a stranger, and say, you know, hey, I, I hope you win this. And boy, it kind of resonates a little bit with me. And um, so that struck a chord with me that there's a lot of people out there. I, I got thousands of, um, you know, whether messages, but I got about 500 emails. And in those 500 emails, they were telling me their whole stories. And I responded back to every single one of them. It took, it took months, but um, then, uh, so the blog was about my story and my particular church. And, and after we won the case, I changed the name of the blog to Spiritual Sounding Board um, to allow um, a place for others to be able to share their stories, um, connect with others who had gone through spiritual abuse, and to start recovering and see what they could how, how they can move in a positive direction and where they didn't have to leave God out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was important to, you know, so many had, so many had got caught up into legalism and, and other issues that they, they missed, they forgot their first love. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't necessarily because they forgot to, but they were led into a culture that forgot God and who he really is and who Jesus is and, and what he came to do. So, um, it's it's been a it's been a really interesting experience. It's been very productive, and I mean, just um, in in people's lives, you could see change. I've I've been able to follow people. I mean, while well, they come to the blog, and so you kind of you you know you you become friends with these people, uh, even though they use a pseudonym, and um, you watch their growth. 
you watch how scared they are and um, some use a pseudonym and are afraid that their pastors might find them. And of course their pastor's probably not gonna find them with a pseudonym, but they're afraid even just the slightest story about their church experience, um, they're gonna get caught and they're gonna get in trouble and something's gonna happen. But, and then you see them come out of their shell and, and start realizing, I don't, have to, I don't have to do these things that they say. I don't have to dress this way. I don't have to talk this way. Um, what they're being shown is love of Christ. Yeah, right. And you know, the way you're just saying that, what does it sound like, Kendra? It sounds like a lot in the homeschool camp. Right. Because um, <clears throat> you're talking about the church in general, that your, your spiritual sounding board is yes, you know, yes. just across. And, and, and we've noticed in the homeschooling world, we've like you, we've been around for uh, our oldest is 25 or 24. And so we've been around <laughs> 20 years doing this. And we've seen the same behaviors. Uh, I talk this way. I dress this way. <laughs> um, I do this, I don't do that. And one of the things Kendra and I were saying just about having you on is it's refreshing to us when people um, in the homeschooling world now say, I don't know, what do you mean by ATI? Who is Bill Gothard? And and to some extent, we're finding people who say, who is Doug Phillips and Vision Forum? And you know, for our listeners, we're just going to put it out there. We've We've always been fairly good about not throwing people under the bus, but when when there's folks that have done abuse in the mm, church, mm-hmm. it needs to be brought out and exposed to the light. And I, I just used two names, two ministries, ATI and Vision Forum, where a lot of people have been injured uh, in the homeschooling movement. And it's because they put trust in a man, a movement, mm-hmm. yes. a belief, and then these people have been exposed for as, as frauds and as, you know, um, wolves in sheep's clothing. Am I saying anything any, any other ways to describe no, you're that? you're right on. And we just <laughs> recently had a young woman in our home who said, I would like to write a letter to that man and tell him how he ruined my life. That's because Phillips, yeah. her parents adhered to all of the teaching there. Um, and, I mean, these are real lives of yeah. real people who say, I, I was so wounded by this philosophy, this person, this preaching, this, this manipulation, this, you know, this thumb over the, the lives of our family that I can't now, I can't reconcile my faith in Christ with what I was, you know, what I was in, what I was raised in, what I was following. And Julianne, these are, you know, we saw the same thing you did. We see people leaving. I mean, we, we did an interview at the very beginning uh, of a young man who left the church, um, left his sexuality into a homosexual relationship. I mean, like he was fleeing as far away from his rigid legalistic. I, and we use cult all the time as well, like just cultish behavior Mm -hmm. to get away from it all. And so he's going as far as he can. And so we, you know, we would have been the people that wrote the same Google reviews. I think like, what is going on? (laughs) You know, what is this? So, um, a question for you, Julianne, um, you're, you're on the forefront. You're talking about this all the time. Is spiritual abuse alive and well still today? Absolutely. Sadly. Um, Yeah, it it definitely is. And, you know, you touched on a number of those names, um, and I've covered those stories um, in great depth, uh, Gothard and Phillips. I've I've been in touch with Lourdes, uh, you know, the, the woman involved with the Doug Phillips case. I've been in touch with many, many victims in the Vision Forum circles, uh, the victims who are on the lawsuit with Bill Gothard. I've been in touch with Gil- Bill Gothard personally. Um, so, yeah, I've been 
right there um, investigating and and sharing story personal stories and those the sad thing for me is seeing the second generation mm. so our kids and what they are having to deal with um, now you and I it sounds like we we've got a fresh awakening you know something shook us up and made us realize something's not right we need to do something about it but there are so many other parents who are still um, following those same ideologies, um, you know, patriarchy, um, stay-at-home daughters, um, shunning children or you know, adult children yeah. for various reasons, and that second generation of young adults um, are suffering greatly. Um, they are dealing with sexual identity issues, they're dealing with mental health issues, um, they're definitely dealing with uh, relational issues with their family, their their parents, if they're still stuck in that. Um, and so it's it's really sad and it's it's difficult. Um, what I did on my blog was I, I went very vulnerable with the story of my daughter because she decided to move out abruptly when she was 21. Now, of course, in the real world, no big deal. Kids move out of their homes right. when they're adults. Sure. But in in that circle, no, you, you don't necessarily move out when, especially a female, and um, not on your own, you move out when you get married. <laughs> and after, after dad approves of the, you know, the guy, yeah, sure. and, uh, there, there's this sequence of events that we were ingrained with the Gothards and the Phillips and, you know, all of that, that, um, homeschooled movement stuff. So, you know, she left abruptly. Um, our relationship was very strange. She left her faith. Um, and so I shared about that. I wrote about it in great detail and actually she wrote about it as well. And it's been one of the very popular posts and what it did was, um, it connected, you know, it, it um, made a connection with a lot of moms and daughters or, or young adults who had experienced something similar. Um, but, you know, it's good in a way, too, because it's showing that, you know, if parents who were raising their children in this environment and have now come to the realization that we didn't do the best. I mean, we thought we were doing the best job. Sure, sure. We thought we we thought we were doing the best thing for our kids. In fact, that's why we got into all of this stuff, right? I mean, we wanted to protect them from you know negative influences. We wanted to be godly. We wanted to raise up in the way they should go. But we didn't know it was going to take us down this abuse path, uh, you know, spiritual abuse path. Um, so you know, you 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 and me, we've had to do some soul searching yeah. and. And we've had to also, um, well, at least I've had to make amends and I've had to, you know, oh. apologize to my daughter. And uh, I, I've told my daughter, I don't think I'll ever stop feeling guilty. And um, I'll, I, I can cry at a drop of a hat um, thinking about some of the things that, you know, we were involved in and that caused her harm. Um, Julianne, over the long this, run. really, this is the heart of the issue, even for Kendra and me. Um, we are seeing, I mean, you, you said transparency. First off, I'm going to be transparent out on the web and say, this is what's going on in our family. And people respond to that because they're like, wow. So we have listeners right now who are saying, my oldest one flew the coop and they don't know what to do. 
And Kendra and I have had to apologize to our older kids and say, we're sorry for these choices we've made. And I keep telling her what you just said. I'm going to apologize my whole life. Like, I'm sorry that for the first 16 years of your life, I raised you with these fundamental beliefs that you believe in. And we just want to chip away at it. But it starts with a parent confessing and saying, I'm sorry. And we see parent after parent after parent not not willing to do that, right, Kench? Yeah, and that is the number one thing we hear from adult survivors of this kind of um, philosophy or ideology is they say, you know, we are not under any pretense that our parents are perfect or, you know, we understand growth. People grow, they change. Um, they, I understand that if my parents would only apologize, if my parents would only own the mistakes that were made, we could move forward, but they won't. They're still stubbornly stuck in, you know, we did the best we could, or this is, some of them still are, you know, doing this with the younger children, even though those older ones, the track record is so bad, you know, five kids fly the coop right? and you're like, you're, you're going to continue with this. You think this is a good plan, right? Right. They're, there's they're Oh, for five, but they've got five more kids at home. They're raising and doing the exact same stuff, hoping for a different outcome. Yeah. That's oh, I've, I've had um, young adults call me and just in tears say, I, I don't know what to do. My, you know, I'm being shunned mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not following the same religious beliefs. You know, and some of them, they're just going to a normal church right. now rather than, <laughs> yes. than a, yeah. uh, a family integrated, right. you know. <laughs> God forbid you and, would go to the big church in town because those people right. are probably doing it wrong. Right. Uh, <laughs> Right. So, you know, but these kids and now, you know, Matt, I said kids, but I mean, young adults, you know, it's like my 30 year old is always going to be my kid. I'm sure <laughs> I don't I don't mean to offend any young adults. If I say kid, I'm just I'm always a mom. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, these young adults are just hurting. And um, I remember one phone conversation I had with um, a second generation or um, she just was devastated that she couldn't um, participate in family holidays. Mm. Now imagine going through Christmas and birthdays and, you know, so she has to create a whole new normal. Um, you know, those are the holidays that you spend with your family. And if your family is shunning you, I mean, imagine the devastation, the, the depression, the, um, you know, if, if it's all this good, if it's all that godly, then why, do I feel so isolated? You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 you could kind of get it if someone leaves their faith or if someone comes out, um, you know, saying that they're gay or whatever. Um, that would make better sense. But for the Christians who, but even, even the ones who, who come out gay or um, the ones who reject their faith, we're still seeing a lot of shunning there. And it's like, you know, really? Right. Didn't Jesus go after that one? Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I just don't get it. And the thing that these young people are telling me is, I just wish, I wish my parents would see it the way you are seeing it. it because I just, I know, I, yeah, like you said, I know they're not perfect, but I just want to have a relationship with them. I just, I want to have, you know, we can understand and, and agree to disagree on those um, doctrinal issues or theology issues but I still want a relationship with them. And that's just heartbreaking to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, 
those those are the ones that are going to have huge issues. And imagine when they start having their own families and and they don't have a grandma to go to or grandpa. Um, hmm. I, these parents, you know, it, a lot of it, I think, is pride. Um, huh. And they they just, you know, it's time to put away that pride. I don't think that God is honored in any way when you hold to uh, this this unbiblical standard of living um, where you reject your grown children because of choices that they've made. I just don't get it. Yeah. Or pride and fear are the two that work side by side, you know, Um, you know, we need to take a quick break and uh, we want to come back and continue this conversation. So we will be right back. Uh, You all know how much uh, I've confessed on this podcast that I don't love to read. Well, I want to take just a quick moment to tell you about two great new books that I've read that I loved that I think you should read as well. The first is Kendra's Lost and Found. If you want to hear the story behind the story, you know, behind the podcast and hear just what happened in the life of Fletch and Kendra that took us from a life trapped in religion to where we were lost, uh, to a life of the gospel, where we were found, where we woke up from gospel amnesia. You need to pick up her book, Lost and Found. You can find that over at KendraFletcher.com. Hey, she doesn't know that I'm plugging this book, so let's not tell her. Uh, The second book is one we talked about last week with uh, Barrett Johnson. It's The Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness. It'll be coming out in the middle of May 2017. Uh, You need to head on over to InfoForFamilies.com. It's a great book that talks to boys about purity. Uh, It talks to them about positive relationships, and it encourages them to get off their butts and stop playing video games and to go out there and do something awesome. So uh, those two books, uh, Kendra's book and Barrett's book, uh, they are my recommendations uh, for the month. You need to get out there and get them. Thanks. All right, we are back, and we are on the phone with Julie Ann Smith from Spiritual Sounding Board. Again, uh, she is a guest that I found online just looking into the topic of spiritual abuse. And we're talking about uh, spiritual abuse, that it's alive and well in the homeschooling world. Um, and we were we were talking about some, some different examples. But uh, Julianne, I have an example that in case people think we're talking about the past, which we are, the current. We were we were at a homeschooling convention recently, and I, I had a conversation with a, a father, and we were talking about our podcast, and he says to me, um, he said to me, um, you know, when I see kids that walk away from the faith, I have to ask myself, did the parents really do what they were supposed to do? Did they really um, – train up a child in the way they should go? Did they really bind the law to the kid's eyes and put it on the doorposts of their home? And so I, I asked the question, I said, how how old is your oldest? And he, he told me that he was 15. And I said, okay, well, there you go. My oldest is 25. And uh, you have 10 more years in front of you. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that can happen in those 10 years. Mm-hmm. Because at 15, 10 years ago, I would have told you the same thing. All my kids were in line, obedient, and under my thumb. But as they became adults and they got minds of their own, and then as you know, Julianne, um, things like sin, um, mental illness, like things can come in that cause your children to go off the rails, has nothing to do with how you raise them. And as a matter of fact, 
your kid's salvation is not based on what you do as a parent. It's always based on the grace of God. So it's alive and well, correct? Right. It it really is. So guys, can we talk about um, uh, red flags? Uh, like our listeners now are saying, oh, great, maybe this is happening in my home. Or I do mm. see this. But what are some red flags we could be looking for in the homeschooling world or just in, you know, in our faith in general to say that this spiritual abuse might be happening? You know, as you were sharing about, um, you know, we, we, what's the verse about binding the laws on their hearts or, yeah, or train up a uh, child, Deuteronomy it, six, train up a correct. child, should go. that seemed to be the foundational verse for homeschooling parents. Um, and, you know, to keep, during the day, as you walk along the road, so basically it was saying you're going to be with your children all the time. And, and I think that's why um, homeschooling just made sense. Um, well, one of the things about that verse is, you know, I, I heard a lot about laws. And but I think what was missing as far as a homeschool parent was how do you live out your faith? in a real way that showed that models the love of Christ and what I saw acted out in different homeschool um, environments was, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I uh, say this? Did I, you know, um, it was rule oriented versus grace, I guess. Sure. A list of things and, to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that um, really made an impact on a lot of um, kids as they were growing up, um, they didn't get to see um, conflict resolution done really well. It was my way or the highway because this is God's way and it's the only way. And but that's not reality. Um, the kids didn't have a voice to say, um, "What about this?" Sure. It was because that would be labeled almost as um, disobedient, not respecting. Um, so basically our kids lost their own self-identity and their critical thinking was squelched. The, the only way they were able to get that was after they moved out of the home where they were safe to explore those other things. And then what we see often happen is then they, wait, that didn't make any sense. Um, I reject that. And I've noticed with my own kids, they are now speaking. I'm a different mom now. And they are saying, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the way you did that. And so I'm not sitting here going, well, you've got a point there, yeah. <laughs> but, but I have to say that I have to acknowledge, yeah, you're, you're right. And that, that really didn't um, obviously work well. So what I did, what we did was raise compliant children, mm. but we squelched their natural, um, you know, their, their, their independent thoughts. And I think that a lot of Christians are afraid of independent thought because they think it's all going to lead to sin. But if they see modeled Christ, his love, his grace, um, and they see conflict resolved in a healthy way, we, we can accomplish all of this. It doesn't have to be this rigid black and white, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, so, you know, I still have an 11-year-old at home, and, and now I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to mess up. I probably will mess up. And <laughs> it, and it's okay if you, you know, you're following what I'm saying for right now. And, and I, and I'm happy to talk to you about this, but for right now, this is the way we're going to go forward. And so I'm, I'm giving them, um, 
I'm I'm not squelching their their critical thinking or anything, but that that's just one thing that I've observed. But you know, one of the things that I would say as far as um, red flags for parents in general would be to look for elitism. Um, I mm. noticed that when we were so we were a military family, so we got to experience a lot of different churches. Um, but in different circles. And what I noticed with the harmful ones were, was a sense of elitism. And, you know, we do it the right way, the only way, the godly way, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not healthy. Um, you know, that, there's no humility. Um, so, you know, we're different than them putting other people down. If you see that going on, that's not healthy. Um, again, that, that lacks humility and, um, so, again, the being a vulnerable parent, I think we want to see that in our church leaders. We want to see vulnerable pastors who say, you know what, I, we don't have it all together. We want, we want to help you along your way. Uh, there's no exact right way, but, you know, let's see if we can, what we can do together in a healthy way and, and, and include God in the process. Um, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. And I was going to say also, uh, not only elitism, but maybe even um, there there has always been in the history of abuse and cults, uh, kind of rallying around a man mm. or mm-hmm. this leader that is infallible. So what he says is right. Um, and we've seen that time and time again, even in, you know, out of the homeschool movement. I mean, you can, you can just be, be readily available cults that we know of but even within the church we see these great leaders fall Mm. because everybody was rallying around a man and not the man jesus but around a a failing man well Um, that's exactly right and and those men can do no wrong and what we find in those systems and so um you know what i do is i study systems of abuse because these systems can be in church they can be in schools they can be in in christian groups but anytime you have a, a group with a leader, um, that leader, I mean, with an abusive leader um, who demands to be the, the top dog, he will also try to shut down any com- negative conversation about him as well. And he won't allow for differing opinions or criticism. So that's something that always needs to be looked at. In, you know, you can find that on the workplace as well. But sure. that's just somebody that's just not healthy. Um you know, if, if you've got corrective criticism, not corrective criticism, any kind of criticism or different ideas, a healthy group is going to want to see that because they're always wanting to improve. Um, but a, a, an abusive leader will reject that because they'll think that you're criticizing them as a person. And again, it comes back to pride and humility. You know, if they, can, if they can handle it, I was just thinking of a mantra that goes around our church a lot, which is live is loved. You know, if you really understand the love of God, you can live in that. And then when uh, we hear it from the pulpit regularly, hey, if this is not the church for you, let us help you find the church that is the church for you. And I, I always comment, I go, we're going to be sending more people away than we, than we keep. No, but, probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably the truth not. is we're helping people find where God is going to work in their lives. So, you know, we have elitism, we have uh, 
these leaders that are putting others down. Kendra, what about you? Well, I think too, along these lines, because you're right, this is not just a homeschool issue. I mean, we're seeing it, we see it across Christendom. We see it in the workplace in the world as well. And I think one of those things that to me is a red flag is when that pastor, that church leader, that, you know, pastoral staff, the elder board, whoever it is that is sort of leading the flock is more about how that flock looks and behaves than it is about everybody's individual healing and restoration and redemption. So where do you see that then? Like in clothing standards? Or is that what you're saying? Well, Stuff like sure. That? I mean, that's one way it can work out. How they talk, how they, you know. Right. Or squelching, like like you said before, Julianne, like squelching any sort of criticism um, because that makes us look bad. How dare you say these things about us? Um, you know, and then let me point out your sin back to you. It's more about this uh, posturing than it is about, hey, ultimately our goal is to see you heal and to see you become more like Christ. Well, you see that in uh, even in homeschooling parents. Like, sure. I don't want this kid to, re- to talk back to me because it might show that I have a weakness. Uh-huh. And what mm-hmm. do we see is just the opposite is when a parent says, man, I am like Julianne just said, I, I'm sorry, kids. I'm probably going to blow it with you. You know, suddenly I go, hey, that's the kind of person I want to hang out with because <laughs> I blow it all the time. And uh, it's so much healthier to have that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think Kendra's talking about the image. The You have to have this perfect image. And that's that's what gets you in trouble. And, mm-hmm. you know, I cover sex abuse cases within the church. And one of the key things is hush, hush, we don't want to, you know, we don't want anybody to know they might find out that there was a pedophile in our church. Well, guess what? There are pedophiles in every church. We just don't know it. Um, So the deal is to act proactively and say, you know what, we have a situation. Let's see how, what we can do to best safeguard our children, but you don't cover it up. Mm. Uh, But that is a, that is a common thing that we, we have going on. And I see it all the time in my blogging, Um, I will see posts being torn down, comments being removed. Um, I mean, they'll act like it never existed. It it is, it's like uh, the pattern you could just see everywhere um, when you're doing this kind of work. It's just amazing what people will go to, to um, hide sin. And it's like, really? I thought church was about sin. I mean, you know, we, we all know we're, <laughs> we're all sinners. Why right. are you guys trying to hide the fact that we are sinners? Isn't that what Jesus came to save? So, you know, I, it's just, it's really ridiculous that the church wants to take on that posture of trying to be perfect when mm-hmm. we know we're not. Folks, whether it's the past or the present, this is going to continue into the future as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we are three Christian parents talking right now. Uh, we've mentioned, you know, whether it's uh, a ministry like Vision Forum that really, really had its hands deep into the homeschooling movement, uh, whether it's the family integrated church model of setting up churches, um, or, you know, even back in the 80s when ATI was cranking and I was a teenager and my parents tried to send me to basic youth conflicts, or when we started parenting and there was a way to grow kids, God's way. Yeah. You know, (laughs) we always tend to drift towards these formulas and just make it easier. Just tell me what to do. And our encouragement on this very final show of homeschooling in real life is this is not going away. You need to wake up and put on your gospel glasses every day. Look Mm -hmm. for the truth. If people are pointing you away from Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, as that being the the very basis, um, put 
get those red flags up and and investigate. Um, Julianne, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, how would our listeners find you? Where, where would they go online to connect with you? Well, my blog is Spiritual Sounding Board. So, you know, just type Spiritual Sounding Board, Julianne Smith blog. I mean, people find me. You could just type Julianne blog. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> and are you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and so forth? I have a Facebook page, uh, Spiritual Sounding Board. My Twitter name is Defend the Sheep. Um, so I'm a redhead, so you'll see my, my red hair. <laughs> that, that's the right one. <laughs> well, thank you again for being on Homeschooling in Real Life. Thanks for being on our final show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was a huge interview. And uh, I just, again, I want to thank Julianne for being on the show, uh, for being willing to talk openly and honestly about these topics. Um, listener, if you think you are involved in a pursuit of behavior that's going to save your kids, let this be the final warning to you. Hope shifting sucks. If you shift your hope <laughs> to some sort of behavior and think that's going to produce X, Y, and Z, it is absolutely wrong. The only thing that will save your kids is the grace of God, um, Christ himself calling your kids to salvation. What you do, how you teach, how you dress, how you worship, where you go to church, that doesn't do it. It's the grace of God alone. Mm. Anything else you would add? Well, yeah, I would add, don't despair. Don't stop doing. Don't stop training. Don't stop walking alongside. Yeah. yeah, but understand that ultimately you do not carry the guilt and shame of kids who have decided that they're not following Christ. That's not our business. Yeah. But our business is to continue to point them to Jesus, to wash them in the word, to... Um, not to a homeschool leader. Right. Not to a homeschool ministry, not to a, not even to our podcast, not to Fletch and Kendra. Mm -hmm. We are two parents Mm. who have walked this path for 20 years. We've seen everything. It feels like we've seen our own kids come and go. We've seen, um, you know, God's faithfulness on display. Um, we have seen the gospel depart from our life and return to our life. And so, uh, that's, that is what we want to leave you with now. Um, we want you to come back next week. We have our final homeschooling in real life podcast, and we're going to celebrate. Wham, bam! It's going to be fun. Loud noises, a lot of music. Really? Be fun. Yeah. Little I'll fiesta. We're going to hire that mariachi. Some pie, some cake, yeah. something like that. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the homeschooling in real life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.